Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I am so excited to bring a very special guest here to you today. Her name is Sadie Marie, and she is the host of Sadie's Divorced and Happy podcast. Sadie recognizes more than ever the value of being fierce in determination, desire, and most of all, self-love. She also learned to put her focus on being relentless and resilient in pursuing happiness for herself and her family. On her podcast, Sadie's divorced and happy. She indulges in spicy, playful, out-of-the-box conversations on life after divorce with her guests and listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Sadie. Hi, Heidi. I'm so happy to be your guest today. I'm so excited about this chat we're going to have. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Our show today is called Creating Your Comeback. And Sadie is an expert in doing this. Her podcast is so Wonderful. I got the chance to speak on it this month. And so you're going to want to check that out. She delivers so much value. But we're, today, we're going to talk about creating your comeback. So Sadie, yes. if you want to start by just sharing a little bit about your story, and then we'll get into the comeback stuff a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of that junk to joy story, finding yourself where you're at right now after going through a bit of it. Sure. Well, I love to talk about the comeback because you need a setback to talk about a comeback. And my setback was my divorce. But actually, the irony is I did not experience my setback until about four years after my divorce, Heidi. So Uh right after my divorce, I had what I love to call the honeymoon stage. And that was the catalyst for my podcast because After my divorce, I realized that, wow, divorce actually brings a lot of fantastic new opportunities and possibility and people into your world. And this should be talked about. And so I created Sadie's Divorced and Happy to have more of a playful point of view around life after divorce. So I've been doing my podcast for about two years now, and it has been such a friend to me. I just love it. Wow. You know what? It's really interesting because I didn't have that epiphany and perspective shift of that new opportunity stuff until until further down the tracks. It was just like in the rut and in the stuck. So I love what you just shared there because it's not like that for anyone going through, everyone going through heartache and heartbreak. And I'm glad that you got the opportunity to have a different perspective on this, that playfulness, that lightness. Can yes. you talk a little bit about what that, how come it was a different perspective for you than what is kind of out there for, for a lot of women and men? Well, I think the stigma around divorce is that it's this huge loss. I mean, when I would tell people that I was getting a divorce, they'd look at me like somebody had died. And you know, I appreciate and honor and have experienced the grief of a divorce. So it is like a death. But at the same time, I was just so filled with relief and also just excitement about what my life could be like now that I was in a new, a new relationship with myself. I was no longer 
in this relationship with myself where I felt like a victim, where I felt like things were just happening to me, where I wasn't liking my own company. After my divorce, I really got to touch base again with parts of myself that I had ignored for years. My creativity, my well, my playfulness, I can say that word again. And just, you know, my curiosity around life, it, it started coming back to me. I had, had lost it for years because I was so unhappy in my marriage. And so I just really wanted other people to understand that, yeah, okay, divorce. Yes, absolutely. It is hard. It is one of the worst experiences you have to go through. It's not a cakewalk. Yeah. You know, it's not a walk through Central Park, but getting through it and to the other side, it's like I it's like I climbed a mountain. And and after my divorce, I was at the mountaintop and I could breathe and enjoy the view. And it was fantastic. And I felt so full of life. And I just I wanted other people to understand that they could have that same experience, even if they didn't choose their divorce, if their divorce was chosen for them, that they could still have a honeymoon stage. Ooh, what did your honeymoon stage look like? <laughs> well, it involved a lot of solo trips. Oh, yeah. Several to New York City, uh, one to Atlanta, few to Chicago. I really uh, leaned into my independence and my freedom, Heidi, after mm. divorce. I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of new people. I had some very memorable dates in different cities. And, you know, I just, again, I, I was open to the possibility of what life could be about. I, I didn't have a real clear plan my first year after divorce, I just allowed myself to be and to enjoy and to breathe and to, you know, dial down expectation. I've always been a producer. I'm mm. someone that was very conditioned to work, work hard, work often. Mm. And my first year after divorce, I'm like, you know what? I'm just taking it a, a little year off here. Besides doing, of course, my, my day job, which is my business, I'm going to just, you know, lean into this freedom and really explore. And, you know, I started dressing differently. I grew my hair longer. I made it bigger. <laughs> I was like this homage to the eighties here. Yes. Right. And I love it. You know, just having solo dance parties and, you know, having people over and hosting again, like I just had so much energy. I know a lot of people experience that after a divorce because divorce just kind of sucks the life out of you. It yeah. just sucks it out. And then once you get like, you can exhale and like, wow, I'm here. I'm back. Sadie's back. Felt so good. Oh my gosh. I love that. Sadie's back. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Something you said just really struck a chord in a good way with me. And that was, you said, I really just leaned into independence. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a beautiful perspective because I know what I did, Sadie, I leaned into loneliness and had I heard a podcast like this or like yours, where somebody was talking about leaning into the independence and being really open to exploring this new version in this new chapter of yourself and positioned it differently than the social stigmas that surround so much of divorce. It's like, sometimes you feel like you're just branded with this big giant D on your, <laughs> on your shirt, like walking around like, oh no, I'm a bad person or something like that. The stories can run wild. But the fact that you were feeling so much relief at that time, like, you know what? My marriage just wasn't what I needed to feel like myself. Mm -hmm. And so actually I felt relieved. I felt excited. I felt create my creativity came back. My curiosity it came really back. Did. 
That is absolutely such a fresh perspective and beautiful thing for folks to hear. So let's talk a little bit about creating your comeback because I looked up, I feel like you and I are the same. We like to investigate things. (laughs) And so I looked up in the dictionary, what does comeback mean? And the dictionary says a return by a well-known person. So I'm curious for you, how do you define comeback or maybe what is one word to describe your comeback? I would say it's ongoing. I mean, I still am coming. I mean, I started coming back to myself during my honeymoon stage four years ago. Mm. But I would say it's ongoing because I continue to learn new things about myself because I'm open to the growth of evolving and and becoming more of the person that I want to be. I remember doing this episode on my podcast, actually, the beginning of season three, and I talked a lot about the comeback with my guests. And one of my guests said, it's when you actually fall in love with yourself, like you become the version that you would fall in love with in somebody else, but it's you. Yeah. I'm like, wow, am I that version yet? I don't think so, but I want to be. <laughs> and so it was really motivating. You know, what can I continue to learn about myself, accept about myself? So I would say my comeback is ongoing. Ooh. I'm always evolving into coming more into myself is what I'd say in this moment. I love that word, Sadie, so much because I really do think it's like when that guest of yours said, it's really like falling in love with yourself. I feel like the ongoing part is, okay, what part of me can I love today? Okay. What mm-hmm. other part can and I love to me? today? Yeah. And, and you just, learn about today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Learn about mm-hmm. love about like, and if we can just know that there's so many parts of us and they're not all at the forefront every single day. I think that really helped me of knowing like, this isn't like a one day or one week or one month project. It's like, it gets to be ongoing and that gets to feel good. So, you know, for me, I think comeback is really the ability to return to your truest self and move forward, really walking the path that you're destined for. And you can have a comeback several times, like you said, ongoing several times in life in several different areas of your life, like come back in your career, come back in your health, come back in your wealth. For me, it was a comeback after divorce. But the one that stands out the most in my life is that comeback after divorce, but probably because I'm a divorce coach. <laughs> so that probably is why he's coming up. That fits, fits the bill, right? Right, fits the bill. I would say the words that I would use are become. And I think you even said that coming back to myself. So I would use the word become or create. Like Mm -hmm. I was, when I finally got myself to this space that you're talking about, it was like, okay, what, what can I create for myself? Instead of just feeling crummy about what can I create? So how did you know when you were coming back to your comeback after divorce? How did you know? Well, you know, that's the, I love that segue because I am a creative being. I have a photography business, been a photographer professionally for 20 years. And so an indicator, a high indicator for me of when I'm coming back to myself is I can create, I can have big ideas. I can have the energy to take those big ideas and create action steps and, and move forward. And for me, this last summer, summer of 2022, I had this major setback and I I was very, very sad. I had a lot of grief. I went through a lot of loss. Uh, several of my friends moved away. I I was in a situationship. Have you ever heard of those, Heidi? Yeah. Say more for our listeners. <laughs> What's the situationship? Heidi? I was in a situationship with a friend who lived in a different city. And it just, 
it was a repeat of behaviors and patterns that I had definitely dealt with before. And I I just had to say to myself, like, wow, are you really going to do this again? Are you really going to commit to, you know, choosing someone who's not emotionally available, who's, you know, too busy to create time for you? It was just a repeat of behaviors and and patterns that I been dealing with my whole life. And so, Mm. you know, I had to take the time because I think a setback is an opportunity to really examine within yourself. And so I had to commit to that process and I went into it kind of kicking and screaming. Mm. I did not want to do it. I'm like, I want to do this. They're going to divorce. You know, I, you know, I want to deal with this, but I know I had to. So this last summer, I committed to really looking within myself and asking myself some hard questions and really sitting with grief in a way that I haven't in a very long time. Mm. You know, it's so easy to play the blame game. It's so easy. In that situation with that friend, I could have been, well, if he would have done this. If he would have done that, you know, it's his fault. He screwed up. He blew it with me. And that's why I ended things. But really, that that was maybe part of the story. But the other part of the story was I accepted a lot of things. I Mm. kept going back to a situationship that was not satisfying me. Like I stayed in a marriage for 10 plus years that was not satisfying me. I allowed myself to not express my needs. I allowed myself to turn another eye to, you know, behavior that really didn't feel good. So, you know, for me, it was like, okay, you're going to dig in here and you're going to do the internal work and really sit with, what is this about? You know, why are you choosing this again? Why are you, why are you doing this? And one thing that I learned during summer is that I am the one who's really not emotionally available, Heidi. Oh my gosh. It's like that beautiful breakthrough. sounds familiar. Well done, Taylor. Yeah, well done. (laughs) So it was it was really allowing myself to love myself and my frailties and my imperfections. Because for so much of my life, I have tried to be so perfect. And by trying to be so perfect, I have created a lot of unhappiness for myself. I've isolated myself. I've limited connection with people. I've really lost a lot. And that's the irony. We, uh, you know, we perfectionists think that we're gaining so much if we can make everything right and just so. And actually, no, it it causes us to miss out on a lot of beautiful connection because we're protecting ourselves from, you know, the fear that oh, if someone really knows me, they won't want me. Yeah, we lose the things and relationships around and so really, us I had to too. Focus yeah, on being enough for myself. Yeah. Right. So this summer, I really, I really dug in and and allowed myself to be with myself to really have a lot of Sadie time to not fill my social calendar with so many external things. And and I, again, I didn't necessarily want to do that. But I knew I had to do that. I had to get more comfortable just being with myself, feeling my feelings, asking myself the hard questions, going through the grief, having a lot of Moments of, you know, crying and not, not feeling so great, but, but it paid off because going through all of that, 
I became an ally to myself that I haven't really been in the past. Mm. And so I feel incredibly grateful. I feel grateful that I had the wisdom that divorce got me to this place where, cause I had played the victim a lot in my marriage. I, yeah, me too. I was so good at that. Oh yes. my word. And I remember one time, a couple of years ago, my ex and I were having, you know, we're having a moment. We don't really have those anymore, but we were having a moment and he looked right at me and he said, you are always the victim. Mm. And my jaw just kind of dropped because he had never said that before. And I didn't really react well in the moment when he said that to me, but I had to sit with that. Like, okay, this is an opportunity to sit with something that didn't feel good. Yeah. How is my victim mentality, again, about my perfectionism, about my feeling that I am, you know, not empowered and, and allowing myself to give so much power to somebody else. And so this summer, I really focused on how can I really love myself unconditionally? Like, what does that really mean? I mean, it sounds so nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. It so what's so nice, but what does that look like in practice? What does that look like in the day to day to really have some unconditional love for yourself? What did I, that look like for you? It looked like really being present with how I was feeling, really honoring where I was at. It, I talked to myself like I talked to my kids. I was mm. incredibly, oh, so okay. You know, and one thing that I also did this summer that I recommend to the listener who's going through a setback and on his or her comeback journey is consider actually talking to your body. I know that we want to be in our body. Like we don't want to just be in our head, but actually talk to your body. So I would do things this summer. Like I would, I would rub my arm and I'd say, Oh, I love you so much. You know, you're so good to me. You take such good care of me. I've got your back. We're going to be okay. Because as you know, any um, one who's gone through any type of trauma, you know, the body holds so much of that tension. And so one thing that I, I did out of unconditional love for myself is I really took care of my body. Because mm. I think we can just, why, we can just run our bodies to the ground, especially exactly. we doers and workers. I mean, we just go, 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 go. So I did a lot less. I did a lot less. I was really present with my feelings. I, I didn't try and hide it. I didn't really socialize as much as I, as I usually do, because I didn't want to pretend I was okay. One yeah. thing I did that was very loving for myself is I reached out to friends in an email and I said, I'm having a hard time this summer. Mm -hmm. I'm going through a lot of grief. I need your help. I need you to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And so when I sent that email, a lot of my friends responded because they're like, what, you know, I'm usually the one that's reaching out. How are you? Let's get together, you know, being very social Especially, so especially since it's been so long, right? Not so long, but like four years that gap right. in between when it first happens and not realizing that you're going to have your setback in the future when these lessons continue to come back and revisit exactly. you because you have these unhealed parts that are still popping up to surprise you. It's right. like, I love that. Like, because I don't think our friends always know even what to do. So when we first say like, Hey, there's, there's something here that I haven't felt for a long time or ever. And this is what I need from you. It's kind of a relief to the people who love us too, right? Like this is, this is what I need from you now. Yeah. I, you know, I think that people like to help. And one thing that I have learned in the last year, especially doing a podcast is I need to allow myself to receive. I'm really good at giving, yes. but I need to allow myself to receive. And it doesn't 
that doesn't just mean receive from others. It, it means I can also give to myself and receive from myself. Mm-hmm. So that was something I did a lot of this summer. Like, what do you need today? How can I help you get your needs met You know, to myself? Because often we're doing that outside of ourselves. We're wanting to meet other people's needs and we don't even know what we need. I mean, I... I've had to work hard to know what I need. And now I do. I mean, I know very clearly what I need in relationships, what I want, what I expect, what I will accept, what I won't accept. And that is a wonderful feeling, Heidi. Very empowering. I feel like that comes with what you just explained, which is nourishing your needs and knowing what you need. That can feel a little intimidating. But for me, it was practicing asking myself that and knowing that in the beginning, when I would say to myself, like, okay, Heidi, and I would do the same thing, Sadie, I would, I would actually like hug myself or, you know, wrap my arms around myself or tell myself what I needed to hear because touch is such a healing thing. And we can even, we can even rely on ourselves for touch. We always think it's like, has to be co co nourishment from somebody else, but the personal touch you can give yourself can be so healing. So what do you need most today is a really powerful question. And if the answers don't drop in right away, it's okay. Just keep practicing asking that question every day until you are able to have your intuition speak a little bit louder and a little bit louder and a little bit louder. What do you think got in the way of creating your comeback the most? Like what, what really met you there when you were trying to create your comeback and said, "Mm, we're going to make this hard on you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, you know, I think it's those shame messages. If I, if I was just more, if I would have done this differently, if, if I would have backed off earlier on, if, you know, all the ways, like, how could I have stopped this pain from happening? You know, yeah. being mad at myself for putting myself in a situation that hurts so much, you know, yeah. why did you do this to yourself? How could you do this again? When are you going to knock this off type of language? And it's just, again, pausing and like, okay, yep, I can be mad at myself. Anger is an appropriate feeling. Yeah. But how do I not stay stuck in that? How does that not just be a perpetual message that just keeps me paralyzed and, and grief? So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm feeling a little angry today at myself. Okay. You know, that's okay. But also, how can I show myself the same compassion that I would show a friend? Yeah. I, mean, I would never talk to a friend the way that I have talked to myself in my life. Never in a million years. I would yeah. never talk to my kids the way that I've talked to myself. So it's like, okay. I get to love myself the same way that I love my friends, that I love my children. I deserve that too. So it was just really being disciplined of stopping that. Okay. Yep. You're mad. A little mad at yourself. And I love you so much. Mm. You're doing your best. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this next hour and then the next hour. And, and now like today I was zipping through my day and I'm like, you, you, you know, just my little cheerleader voice to myself, you got this, you're going to, you know, problem solving things at the post office, which is such a, <laughs> such a fun place to be at right before things, before right. the holidays, you know, no one really wants to be at the post office right before the holidays. So, you know, I'm like, it's okay. You got, you know, this, so just like, I love that now. I'm like, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing for myself, Heidi. I love Thank you, that. Come back. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love that encouragement of like, look at you, that kind of look mm-hmm. at you, right? I call that bullying versus besting when that shame drops in and that bully, there's just, I call her the mean yeah. girl, the inner mean girl. When the inner yes, mean girl, we drops, are. Can we so yes. 
Wow. So snap, snap. I know. Oh my gosh. There's a great book by Melissa Ambrosini called Mastering Your Mean Girl. It's one of the first books that I, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I read it like one of the first books I read when I got divorced and it really helped me understand that bully inside of me, the voice that was coming from myself, giving right. myself such a hard time. And like you said, I love how you said earlier, I, I try to talk to myself like I would a best friend or my mm-hmm. kids, my kids, how, because essentially we want to get down to the level of our inner child. And, and if you do she, have kids, yeah, she needs lots of love. Yeah. She's very sensitive. Yeah. Little Sadie's very sensitive. So I have to Aww. be patient with her. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Sweet, sweet, sensitive Sadie. She just needs so much compassion and love. So we understand what gets in the way of our comeback, but what advice would you give to someone on their comeback journey? A couple of things. I would encourage anyone on his or her comeback journey just to commit to one small thing a day Mm. that's going to give you some reprieve. So for me, for example, it was a bike ride. Mm. It was eating raspberries and staring out my kitchen window or taking a shower a little bit longer, like giving myself 15, you know, 20 minutes in the shower type of thing. Um, Allowing myself to have that connection with a friend that was just such a safe place. Just Mm -hmm. one small thing you can commit to every day that's going to give you some respite or reprieve because I come back, you know, it is, can be intense. It can be exciting. It can be exhilarating, but if it has a lot of grief, it can also be incredibly exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, and all that is fine and good. It's just allow yourself those reprieves. And also think about, you know, grief is so fluid. So what is going to anchor you, you know, when you're mm-hmm. feeling kind of out of control, when your emotions, I mean, I would have moments where I would cry so hard. I'm like, Oh, this is so intense. So then I would have to find things that would kind of anchor me and get me back, you know, on the ground, so to speak. So think about, you know, who, who again in your world anchors you or what activity really puts you back in your body or calms you, allowing yourself to find ways to let, to let things out and to get things out. Maybe that, you know, singing in the shower, or maybe for me, that was journaling. I did so much journaling during mm-hmm. my, my setback slash comeback and just having, you know, wise guides. So finding a great podcast like this one, listening to a, a book on audible, something that's just going to help be your anchor, because when you are so deep and emotion and grief, it can feel really overwhelming. So write those things down. And so when you're, you know, having a moment, like look at your list of what anchors you. And I think that will be a great ally to anyone who's on their comeback journey. Oh, thank you for all of those gems. I love the one small thing a day. And I love to always say to people, how can I enjoy this moment more? Even if you are in your grief, how can I enjoy my grief more? Maybe that means, (laughs) right? Like, don't try to just take yourself all all the way out of it. But like, how maybe if you're in your grief, how can I enjoy this grief more? Maybe I can put a blanket over myself while I'm crying, right? Maybe I can scream because I need to get it out. And that would feel more enjoyable. Whatever it is that would make you feel more enjoyable in this moment. I use the example of one day on a very, very just easy scale, right? I went to Starbucks and I was waiting in line and there were 15 people in line ahead of me, right? And I thought about leaving my spot in line, but as I thought about it more, the line started to move, but it was still so long. And then I said to myself, how can you enjoy this moment more? And 
I got out of my head and I listened to the music that they were playing. I looked around at the people and became an observer. It was like, how do I enjoy each moment just a little bit more where I'm at right here, right now? But I love your anchoring too. How can I anchor myself in? I think of tree roots when you say that. Right. Um, just like really yeah, being in nature to... also is such a healer. Yes. Oh, I spent so much time in nature when I was going through all this stuff. So mm -hmm. speaking of enjoyment, can you share maybe what was a guilty pleasure that you enjoyed during your comeback? Do you have any? Oh, I got it. I always have to say Lionel Richie. Oh. He's my teenage crush. I mean, I would sit at my kitchen table crying and I would like play a little Lionel Richie. And I did that. I'd feel a little better. A little petty lover. Yes. A little all night long. I know. I really, it uh, dates me. But no, that's that is so good. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, music, right? Oh, music can be so juicy and so good and can really like alter our state too. Maybe one day it's Lionel Richie, the next day it's Kelly Clarkston, and next day it's Taylor, whoever it is. You know, maybe it's 80s music, 80s rock music. I just I feel like depending on the day, I had to just really tune into what playlist was gonna serve me most. Right. And another, you know, and I don't really, you know, want to promote being materialistic. But one thing that I did is I did a lot of vintage shopping this Ooh. last summer. And because just walking into those spaces with all of those clothes, because vintage mm. clothes, they're so beautiful. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to a vintage store recently, but they're just stunning how things were created years ago. Just incredible. So I did a lot of vintage shopping and I found some, you know, I'm very, I'm from Minnesota. So I'm very frugal, Heidi. I like to save a dollar. <laughs> we're the, we're the type of people who are like, love to tell you how we save money. We're not just like, this is how much this costs. We're like, no, I spent a dollar on this dress. Isn't that amazing? So that, you know, that was kind of my guilty pleasure. I would have my little budget and I would go vintage shopping and, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, just simple, simple things like that. It got me out of my grief for a, a moment and it inspired me and, and it connected me with other people being just in a store with other people looking at vintage clothes. Something, something about that was very soothing for me. I didn't have to talk to them. I didn't have to, you know, be happy for them. Mm -hmm. Just be in the store with them, mm. you know, doing our own thing. Felt good. It does feel good. It does feel good. I love that too. It doesn't have to be always going with a bunch of people. It can be just like going out and being in the energy of things that yes. you enjoy doing. Yes. And I feel like that creative treasure hunter, if you, if you will, like my dad's exactly. a treasure hunter. He's like, oh, where can yes. I go out and find the treasure today? And it's, it's kind of a challenge and it's kind of a curious space to be in. And he it really, so really is. enjoys it. Yes. So I think the point is like finding things that you haven't spent a lot of time in that you enjoy a little bit more and a little bit more to allow yourself to feel pleasure again, to allow yourself to tap into those parts of you that have been untapped for a while can be such a powerful part of your comeback. Right. I mean, when you're, when you're in the throngs of grief, you're not feeling very social. So for me, it felt like a big victory to take a shower and get out, like leave the house and be amongst people and yeah, it helped me. It helped. Something simple like that. It's really good for me. 
Oh yeah. On a good day, it was just me being able to, some days it wasn't even the shower. Some days it was, I'm just going to put my shoes on and walk outside. I'm just going to walk outside and maybe I'll make it to the mailbox and maybe I'll make it around the block. Or, and a lot of days, Sadie, I would find myself on an hour or two walk, just walking, walking, yes. walking, walking. And there's something about movement, motion, and motion. And, yeah. Yeah. Very healing and breathing and being out in nature and all the things, but I tell you what, it felt hard to invite myself to put those shoes on. But if you can just put, like you said, one step at a time, what my small thing today is I'm going to put the shoes on and I'm going to get outside Mm -hmm. something different um, will really change the scenery. That's it. That's Mm it. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a fun chat. I know this is going to help so many people. So first of all, I want to make sure that our listeners know, we're going to put it all in the show notes, but how can people find you and get more of Sadie in their life? Well, and this is just an interesting side of me because again, my podcast is very spicy and playful and out of the box. I like to focus on topics that really aren't the norm when it comes to life after divorce. So I would love your listener to, to, to visit my website, which is divorcedandhappy.net. Here she will find all of the podcast episodes on the website. They can listen to them for free. They're on you know major podcast platforms as well, like Spotify and Google Podcasts and, and iTunes and iHeartRadio and so many more. And also, I'd love for your listener to follow me on social media at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. I've had so much fun this last season getting, a li- again, a little playful and out of the box with the way that I promote my podcast. So my videos, they've been fun. They've been fun. So I would love uh, the, fo- the listener to follow me as well on social media. They are a joy. They are a boost to watch. You're so creative and so fun. <laughs> they are a great friend to me this summer when I was having my moments. I would think about, okay, I would think about Instagram and it would give me a boost. I've had so much fun being out of the box with my microphone, who I fondly call Mike. Magic Mike. Magic Mike and I, every Wednesday, we do something very playful together. Wednesdays when I drop new content on my podcast. So yeah. And if you guys are loving this topic of comeback, I mean, I feel like this recent season of your podcast is all about the comeback in all different juicy, spicy directions. Yes, it really is, Heidi. And you have, you do such a great job inviting really great guests on there from all different areas of life. And I I just love it. So make sure you guys tap into Sadie there. But I'm going to give you two closing questions that I ask every single guest guest at the end of every single show. So the first question, Sadie, is what's one thing that you love most about yourself? Hmm. I would have to say, I really do love how passionate I am. I I get so excited about things, even these little Instagram videos. I mean, I am a passionate person, a creative person. I love those qualities about me. I've only known you for a little while, but I can feel that passion. And it's one of the reasons why (laughs) I knew I had to have you on this podcast because I love that passion energy. Oh my gosh. I'm staring at a a frame right now that has all of these beautiful words like dream big possibility. And the word that is the biggest on this space is passion. I'm not kidding you. It's passion. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that about you too. And then the last question is what does joy feel like in your body? Joy feels like the ultimate source of hopefulness. Joy is like anything is possible. When I feel when I'm when I'm so in a place of joy, I just feel unstoppable. 
I feel that. I feel that deep. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and all your you, golden of course, Heidi. It has been These a are true the best delight. Chats. These are the best chats to have. So thank, thank you for giving me uh, the pleasure of being your guest today. It's been such a treat. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. And to everybody else listening, make sure you go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.